Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews, is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Wee woo. That's not what my inner geek sounds like right now. Screw <laughs> the world. That's not quite it either. Mine seems sounds like an administrative assistant right now going over my calendar. <laughs> I've done the math and I have three free hours this week. I think I've uh I've also done the math and I can't take any time off until after Thanksgiving that I haven't already scheduled. Mm-hmm. Like I took Monday off cause it uh, wasn't feeling great. As I looked at my schedule. I was like, well, shit, that's my last time of not feeling great until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Shout outs, our Patreon shout outs. Again, we want to thank the people that are supporting us over on Patreon. And for those at the shout out level, that would be Nicole, Nate, Stephanie, Timothy, David, John, Don, and Matt. So thank you very much for supporting us at the shout out level. And of course, thank everybody that is supporting us over on Patreon. There are several people that are not at the shout out level, but we appreciate that as well. And of course, if you want to Support us over on Patreon. Feel free to go over there. It's uh, patreon.com slash allusgeeks, I believe. Otherwise, just go to our website and click on the link there. If you can find it. That one you can find. Yeah. Now, that's the only one of the few <laughs> images that hasn't broken yet. So I did, I shut off a bunch of stuff yesterday, I think it was, or the day before. And I went through and did the auto, all the, the cleanup of all the auto crap it creates again. I haven't gone back and looked and seen if it came back, but somewhere along the line, I switched something off that allowed our testimonials to start working again. Hey. <laughs> so, so one thing is back working. So again, eventually October is already looking like a crap month. So it probably won't be this month, but at some point I am sitting down and I'm going to switch over. Uh, I did run. So our, our, our backend PHP needs to be updated. It needs a different version. So I went through one night. This is what I think I told you about it. Where I was like, I broke all, I broke the site, but then I fixed it. Mm-hmm. I went through like be- before bed one night, stupid thing to do. And, uh, all, all of the sites that I, I managed needed that same HP upgrade. So I went through, upgraded it to the you know, highest one, whatever, uh, that was available on, on our, all our hosting sites and all, but like two broke, like completely <laughs> broke. I was like, all right, this is fun. So I started playing around with that, trying to figure out. And then I finally just set it back. Revert. Revert. Uh, I, I went like 
partial upgrades on some of them, but not like it fully. So all, almost all of them are still telling me they need to be upgraded. So I found somebody talking about this PHP compatibility plugin to run um, to see what, what may break if you go up to whatever version. So I ran that. First of all, I only ran it on the LS Geek site so far. It took three days to run. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then it came back with a bunch of them going, yeah. This, don't. <laughs> we, no, it basically was like, yeah, we don't know about this one because the server was going to time out on us. It's too big or whatever. Oh, okay. So I was like, all right. So that's when I started shutting stuff off. <laughs> like, because there's some stuff I want to keep that I like, you know, like our testimonials and stuff like that. And then there's some other things that maybe we should sit down and like evaluate. What do we really want on the site? Because um, some of it is, you know, especially like the the free ones. You know, I, I've paid for some, so those get updated. I paid for some of the plugins and stuff that we use and 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 the themes and stuff. So those typically tend to still get updated. But like some of the, the free ones that used to be popular, like whenever we started it or whatever, may not be updated anymore and crap like that. So I'd like to get it as bare bones as possible probably and just get rid of our theme because that has stopped support in fact that company i don't don't even think exists and at least in that fashion anymore and it is no longer the it used to be like one of the premier themes for podcasters kind of thing but even people that i know that were plugging it back then are clearly like i can't plug that anymore this is better now or you know that kind of stuff so I, it's just time. Mm-hmm. It's just time. Yeah. A bunch of our images are just gone. It keeps like making random non-image thumbnails for everything that we've ever produced. It makes a draft copy of everything we've ever posted. <laughs> so, and it just slows down. Right now, it's not too bad. But speed-wise, the site is off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it'll come up fast. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get to that steaming pile just as quick as you will any mm-hmm. other site on the web right right now its main purpose is just to be our rss feed for for the podcast out to stitcher and itunes and all that hey, and you know what that is a good segue okay to what i wanted to do for for general sure. since this seems like a general moment mm-hmm. i threw no, it out this there this is a special moment my friend. no this is very general <laughs> this is targeted general Threw it out there last week on the social medias. Just throw it out here however long later. <laughs> I forget how many we have, if we are if we still have a buffer or not. Yeah, we have a small buffer. Yeah. Okay. Two, three, something like that. We've got, by the time this comes out, over 200 pieces of content on our history. Some of it's pretty targeted. And the last time I looked at Apple Podcasts, we had 15, I think, reviews. And only one of them was in the last years mm-hmm. so as i sit over on the social medias if you like us and you want to help us out it doesn't have to be on apple you know, a lot of people don't use that as much as they used to mm-hmm. wherever you happen to to listen to or find or get our podcast feed from go out there give us a review mm-hmm. hopefully a nice one but at the very <laughs> least an honest it it would help and if it is somewhere other than like itunes let us know. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not as easy. Like we, on our, our, one of the nice things on the back, on the back end of our web, one of the nice things about our website, uh, is on the back end, we do have it so that we do see all the reviews we get from, from iTunes, uh, or Apple Podcasts or whatever. 
So that's nice because we see them because I don't know. I don't know if they still do it with Apple Podcasts. May, hopefully they changed it from when they went from iTunes to Apple Podcasts. But in order to see any review outside of your country, you had to switch to that country store. I think that's uh, still. Yeah. Still so so the plugin we have pulls all of that for us. Nice. So we can see it. But we don't. There may be. I haven't gone out and looked lately, of course, because I'm not looking to add more plugins right now to our site. But uh, we don't have anything that like constantly checks Stitcher or anything like that. And I think those can sometimes be weird as well because you can leave it per episode, not necessarily per podcast. podcast, So, you know, basically what I'm getting at is there's a good chance we may not see it and we would love to see it and read it and, and uh, share it on the podcast as well. So if you leave something somewhere other than uh, Apple, uh, just reach out, let us know where it is and we'll go, we'll go look for it. That would be awesome. Um, Also, uh, we have the All Us Geeks Facebook discussion group over on Facebook. So, yeah. Uh, we're starting to use that a little bit more. It is slowly populating. It is. But yeah, we, we hang out there. We ask questions, answer questions, all that good stuff. So if you're looking for a more interaction with us, <laughs> sad people. Sad. But Antoine, <laughs> thank you for being the first. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we, we are hanging out over there. We'd appreciate it if you join and you want to talk to us. That's awesome. Um, otherwise I don't know. I was just going to talk again. I was talking about calendars and all that stuff. Cause I have, uh, I'm sitting in on a game design panel this coming weekend. Um, so that'll be well and truly over by the time this comes out. And two weeks after that, I'll be at Protospiel Madison testing games and testing my own games, playing other people's games, testing my games. And of course I just got back from a Protospiel mini up in the cities this past Saturday. And by the time this comes out, Protospiel Madison will be over as well, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of people there. It's going to be a good time. Okay. We do this thing. Let's do it. All right. Game review. Tonight we'll be looking at Cartographers, a role player tale from Thunderworks Games and designed by Jordy Adan Aiden. A-D-A-N. Sorry. We are well known for screwing up names. So we apologize, but Jordy designed this game. In the role-player universe, Thunderworks games. Okay, so this is a, hold on, let me get my finger quotes ready, roll and write game without rolling. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Basically, we are cartographers kind of mapping the the land around us, and whoever is the best cartographer wins. It is a point-based game, so whoever has the most points wins. Uh, by filling in various... Because clearly the best cartographer did not win. <laughs> uh-huh. Thanks to points. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> At least I attempted the monster. <laughs> so did I. Um, big, big horns on a tiny, tiny head. <laughs> so basically you get a sheet that is double-sided. So one side is a little bit more difficult than the other just because it has less... It has like a big like blank spot in the middle kind of uh, that your unknown land or whatever that you can't draw on. So you got to draw around it uh, with your shapes and you get some explorer cards and some scoring cards, some ambush cards, season cards, and your edict cards, which is kind of interesting. So you have your seasons are going to tell you how many, I forget what the points are called. Basically, how many points that you, on the exploring cards that you put out, if you reach that number, then the season's over. So I think it's like eight, eight, seven, six, if I remember right. Uh, so eight, eight points will 
move you on to the next season. And then as you go along, it slowly starts to shrink. So your seasons are going to be shorter, which is fine because you're running out of space. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and those Explorer cards, uh, as you pull them, they'll have, they'll tell you uh, either the type of terrain you have to put on your map or give you an option. And then you'll have a shape that you have to put on your map or an option for shape as well. When you get those, you select, okay, am I doing uh, this time? I'm going to select the villages and I'll do the uh, L shape versus maybe doing the farmland and a U shape, mm-hmm. something like that. So you, you choose the two that you want and you choose them individually. So Jordan doesn't have to choose the same shape and, and uh, terrain type as I do. He gets his own choice. Some of them, um, like usually on the shape, I believe, might give you a coin. So it's like you might have a, a little more intricate shape. Usually what I saw was you have a more intricate shape that's not going to give you a coin and then a lesser shape, but you'll get a coin with it. And coins factor into your scoring. So you may take that lesser shape to get the coin to get more points later. Mixed in with those explore cards, you have ambush cards. So when that comes up, that's basically the monster uh terrain and so you have to give your sheet to your opponent i can't remember what i mean we so we played this two player so i think it's probably to your left or whatever uh, you pass to your left but you give your opponent your sheet they look at the terrain or they look at the shape they have to make it the monster terrain type they put it somewhere on your sheet and you do the same for an opponent as well and you pass them back And what that ends up doing is at the end of each season, if you have any spaces around the monster terrain type uh, that is not covered, you lose points every season for every space not covered. So that can add up. So, you know, once you get it back, you might kind of start your, your plan might shift a little bit to trying to make sure that you're not losing a lot of points on your monster uh, terrain. Then the scorecards, the scorecards are mixed up and you have, there's 16 of those and you end up with four of them out. So you, you lay the four out and then you take the four edict cards, which are A, B, C, D, and you put those in front of the different score types. And where that comes into play is the seasons each have a different two types that score during that season. So the first one is like A, B. And I think the next one is CD and then it kind of goes like AD and BC, you know, so it gets mixed up a little bit. So you're adjusting every season how you're scoring just for the scoring stuff. It could be having farms next to villages and you get points for that. Connecting mountains by forest was one of them that I know we played different things like that. So you're going to have different options of what you have on your map are going to score differently depending on the season. And, uh, yeah, so, and you get pencils so that you can mark all this in. It does come with pencils. I would highly suggest colored pencils or markers if you want to play this just to make it pop a little, just a a little pop. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of the gist of how you play. Again, you, um, every, uh, every turn, another card gets flipped over and you make your choices on terrain and, and shape. And you just keep trying to fill in as best you can to score for whatever season you're in and not lose points against the monsters. I think the only other thing, uh, there are mountains that are on the map. And if you completely, or not completely cover them, if you are orthogonal, cover them. Yep. So um, above and below, left and right, but the diag- you don't have to have the diagonals. 
If you completely uh, cover them in that way, you get a coin. And again, every season you get to add points equal to the number of coins you've collected over the time of playing the game. So like, let's say in the first season, you collected one coin, you get one point. Let's say by the end of second season, you have four coins. Now you get four points. Uh, And at the end of the game, you're going to add up all your points from all four seasons to determine who's the winner. All right, there we go. So the components for cartographers, again, it's a, it's a pad for your map. I do like the fact that it's double-sided. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And, and that not only is it double-sided, but there's a, a degree of potential difficulty depending on which side you choose. The cards are, are regular card stock. Every, everything there is good. The artwork is good. It's, it's a little more vibrant than I potentially thought. I don't know. I don't know what I guess I I don't know exactly what I was gunning for in the art for this, but the interior of the game does not match the box at all. (laughs) The box is a really nice, lively blue, blue, green kind of, and it's bright. And then everything in the game is kind of uh, brownish. It's well, the backs and stuff, but I think, I mean, I think the actual artwork is. Oh, the art isn't bad. I'm just saying I mean, it's, it's a, a big contrast. Yeah. It, it, it's, a I mean, you get, palette. you get more of the brown from like the scorecards and stuff like yeah. that, but I think the actual, well, the, I get, okay. So you only get, you don't play with, or you don't see all the ambush cards that often, but the explore cards, at least, I think are pretty it's, decent for. It's not a complaint. It's just a, an observation. Yeah. Of a, the, the, Looking at the game, I expected one thing, <laughs> and inside it was not there, yeah. just in terms of color palette. But quality of cards and stuff, I mean, they, these are good, solid. Uh, it feels like there's probably like a little, lin- yeah, there's some linen finish on them and stuff. It's a, a good quality component. Um, yeah, these will hold up to wear. Yeah, the uh, you know the pencils are what they are. They're they're little mini game pencils that you see in a, in a lot of uh, games that include little pencils. Like I said, I I uh, next time I play, I want to break out like either markers or colored pencils or something just to give it a little more. So it's a pretty thick pad too. You're going to be playing on it for a while. Uh, I have not gone out yet to see if they have like a downloadable or anything like that, but yeah, you're going to, you're going to get some, some use and some play out of, especially if you go ahead and go through and play both sides. So that's not, that's not a bad thing either. It's a smaller size box. So it's a good, kind of travel size box mm-hmm. um but fits a decent amount of game in it so yeah i don't have any complaints about the components yeah like you said i mean it's a it's definitely a overarching darker kind of brown muted tone but I, again i think some of the artwork on the explore cards and stuff helps that a little bit yeah and no, everything is solid i mean the the cards are good the art is good that's that's a big chunk of paper double-sided paper no less mm-hmm. for for everybody's maps and uh the paper itself it looks nice it looks like it's already aged you know it looks like you're working on an old map not a new mm-hmm. map now we shall so you get to name your cartographer give give your cartographer a title you can put the house name in the banner and you also can design the sigil for your crest mm-hmm. lots of little little details that they kind of added in there too all right, so moving away from components, the mechanics for cartographers, a role player too. I didn't go to look to see how many. I I think there actually was a cartographer, cartographers game out there. So 
one of the reasons they probably not one of the reasons, but the other reason, of course, is because that is their universe name recognition. Yep. So mechanics uh, again. This is a roll and write without the dice, which seems odd to me since it's a role player game, which role player is all about the dice. <laughs> but I was intrigued, so I got it. I think it. I don't know if I ordered ordered this separately or if I I got it in like the one of the kickstarters or something I backed. Um, and it ship separately i don't remember but i know i didn't look into it enough to know when i bought it it didn't have dice i just assumed because again is the role player universe and rolling rights are the thing right now so i was kind of surprised when i got it and opened it up and started looking around it's like okay did i not get the dice am i supposed to just should i look for the update and when those are gonna ship <laughs> uh so then i started looking at it, it's like oh okay so it's 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 using something that's very popular right now and doing that little twist on it that I like where it's like, aha, but I'm going to not use dice. It's going to be different. And I, I liked that about it. So overall, um, again, the mechanics are mostly like pulling a card, drawing the shape and the terrain type while also having the variable ways that you're going to score during the game. So keeping that, into consideration while you're placing your shapes and stuff. How did you think these mechanics worked or what they were going for? Mechanically, the game is pretty pretty sound. You have to pay attention to how you're going to score. We talked about that. <laughs> and so you're always looking towards not just this season, but next season. Because like we said, it's like A, B, B, C, C, D. You're always scoring multiple objectives. So you're looking at what comes out, what you can score right now, what you can score later. You're building towards multiple scoring goals and the replacing the role with the randomness of the draw and how long you're going to draw in each season. It's a very subtle change, mm -hmm. but it works very well. The cards are either zero, one or two points each. The, the, uh, mm -hmm. the exploration cards. So you're never going to have precisely like four turns in the eight. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it might be more. Uh, that kind of thing. And then how the monsters come out, stuff like that. That'll right. also stretch it. So mechanically, I think it's a very sound game. They took a, a popular concept, twisted it up enough just to, to, to meet the concept, but still be a little bit different and original than the, the popular thing going right now. And, and they do it well. Yeah. Also, uh, I didn't mention the ruins. Yes. Uh, so when uh, the ruins are in the, uh, ex exploration deck as well. And when that comes up, the next, card that you flip so you flip another card immediately that one doesn't have any kind of like point value towards the end of your season but what it says is the the next card you turn up you build that shape but you have to try to if if possible you have to put it over a ruins which is another kind of faint uh icon on your map um so you got your your mountains that you can see and then there's uh spread out ran a, around the the map uh, pieces these ruins so you have to try to build that next piece over the ruins if you can the thing that i really like from a mechanic standpoint uh the monsters mm -hmm. we had it starts off with one monster in the season mm -hmm. and we ran into it right away so that was cool got to experience mm -hmm. it but if you do not experience the monster in your season it stays in the season it stays in the encounter deck the exploration deck excuse me sorry but then each season another monster is added mm -hmm. so in theory if you have standard distribution, you're going to get one monster a season. Mm -hmm. But the way we played it, we encountered the monster in the first season, 
didn't see it in the second or third. So in our last round, there was the potential for three monsters in Mm -hmm. there, which really could have taken the axe to our, our maps. Yeah. So luckily we, we only saw, we we didn't even, yeah, Yeah, we saw one. So we got first season and last season, we got hit with a monster. Yeah. But it's cool the way that little threat level kind of Mm -hmm. potentially ramps up if you don't experience it in a, in a season. The other thing I kind of I kind of like is that if you can't build some type of shape, so if you can't if if there's not enough room for the monster to go on legally, if there's not enough room for any of your shapes to go on legally, if you can't build over the ruins, that kind of stuff, you're you're not completely out. You you're still kind of you you just get the one square. But I, I thought that was cool instead of saying like I mean so, it's better than being completely locked out. Yeah. So, so like in our rolling right there, we're working on, you actually get penalty points for each piece that overlap something else, mm-hmm. but you still place what you can. And this one, I kind of liked the, the way they went with it as well. And that, well, you don't get the shape anymore. You don't get to do as much of the shape as you want to. You just get a single square, but you get something. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked that it wasn't a, a massive penalty or a lockout or, okay, so you got to skip your turn this time kind of thing. Uh, so I did enjoy that part uh, added into the mechanics as well. Okay, so rules. Rules for cartographers. This is where I'll ding it a little bit because uh, some of it, I, I think the rules need to be, the rule book and the rules need to be tightened up a little bit. I have since, since we kind of posted some pictures of us playing it, had some other people kind of chime in and go, yeah, I've been enjoying this game, but I wish X would have been clear mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. And I think one of the things that, you and I kind of went a little bit back and forth on and, and, and it it's in there. It just took us a little bit to find it. And again, I think that's part of it is, I mean, it's not really, I mean, it's kind of wall attack, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, there's enough in there that doesn't make it feel wall attacks. But when you're trying to find a specific thing and the thing that we uh, looked out or kept trying to find is the cluster, yep. what, what defines a cluster? Uh, and it is in here. And, and basically it's like a single square is a cluster if it's by itself kind of thing. Um, and that's kind of the, like when you draw the card, you have to draw the shape that you're picking first. So you outline the shape and then you kind of shade it in with the terrain type icons. Uh, and that's to kind of help you know where your clusters are because uh, that shape is now a cluster. But that was one of the things. I mean, there were there were a few there were uh, there were enough times where we were consulting the rule book that it pulled out a little bit at times. for this simple a game because it is fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. And that smaller rule book, I, I feel we spend too much time mm-hmm. looking for clarification. Yep. Um, and in some cases, I forget a, a couple of things. We didn't necessarily get clarification. We just went with what what seemed right based on other rules. Yeah. One of the things this isn't this isn't rules, um, but I'm going to lead it into rules. This was almost should have been talked about in components, but the small text is ridiculous on the scorecards. So that, you know, I'm surprised you didn't, you didn't catch it. You're, you're supposed to be the old man. Had my glasses on. No. (laughs) But even with your glasses on it and, and, and we let, and you know, I let you sit in the light. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So usually they just keep me at the dark end of the table. But what I'm going to, what I'm going to say about that too is, and where I was trying to lead it into the rules, there's a lot of wasted space in the rules in that. If I don't understand this scorecard, if you're going to reshow me all the scorecards in the rule book, 
and just reprint the text even smaller than it is on the card, you're not helping me at all. No, no. <laughs> um, and that is two pages. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that could have been either either use that for okay, here's some clarification on each of these cards. That then I wouldn't have said anything. Or use it for something else to explain some of these other things a little bit better that kind of are throwing people off. Beyond that, so there are, are some things that you may take some time to look up. Like I said, there's at least two wasted pages, but grand scheme of things from the rule book, we were able to kind of get up and running and, and a foundation understanding of what was going on fairly quickly. That book gets you in 95% of the way there. Yeah. All right. So teachability for cartographers. Well, if you understand and get through the rule book. If that book got you 100% of the way there, it would be an easily teachable game. Yeah. And even lacking what it did, still a fairly easily teachable game. Yeah, I, I agree. Once, once you've got, again, once you've got that foundation down, it's just going to be the questions from there. Now, it would probably be a good idea for you if you're going to be teaching a bunch of new people to kind of go over the rule book a, a second time or whatever before you sit down with it. Um, it does have a solo mode if you even if you want to play through once on your own to see if you come up with questions that that don't get, quite get answered. That'd be a good idea as well. But foundation wise, this is a very teachable game. I think once you understand the the foundation and the concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So replayability slash how many times in a row would you play cartographers, Jordan? So replayability is technically. Well, technically, it's quite high. There's a lot of variety in scoring requirements. There's a big stack of paper that hopefully there's a PDF of that you can <laughs> then print your own mats. There's a big whack of, well, not a big whack, but there between scoring requirements, shapes come out in the exploration deck, the ruins, how they come out, and then monsters, how they do or do not come out. It all comes together to do uh, a very high replayability game. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you're not going to see the same game twice, and uh, if you do, I don't think that'd necessarily be uh, a bad thing. It's a solid, simple game that uh, is in the box. Comes out with just going by the pad of paper alone. At least 150 plays. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hundred, a hundred, so 200 if you play. 200 both sides. plays. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, and th- there's another variable, right? We talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. The each side, one side being a little tougher than the other. Anyways, in reality, I don't think I'd want to play this more than once. Uh, it just didn't uh, didn't hit my sweet spot. Okay. Uh, so yeah, overall, the uh, technical side of the replayability, I agree with you. Again, there's uh, 16 scoring cards, and you're only going to see four of them a game. Uh, and again, uh, depending on where they come out in the four spots. They're going to score with something else different every time. One of the things I forgot to kind of mention in mechanics as well is I like how I also liked how you. OK, so when we play wingspan, right, we've got the the four rounds and we're scoring something different every round. Mm-hmm. Once round one is over, you don't care. Right. Yep. In this, you're you're going to come back to it. So you are interested in whatever a was. Because eventually you're scoring A again, and maybe you do want to ramp that up. Maybe that's something that's easy for you to ramp up or think about while you're playing. So I, I like that aspect about it as well. So again, um, the 13 cards in, in the Explorer deck are always the same. But again, they get randomized and shuffled up. 
The ambush cards, there's only four ambush cards, so it's going to be the same four ambush cards every turn, but you shuffle uh, you shuffle those and you randomly pick each season, which, or you shuffle them up so that it's random which one comes in each season. Plus, you don't know if you see it or, I mean, you may not, may or may not see it. So the games are going to change by, like I said, that last game of ours, I was waiting for the monster beatdown. Yep. Yep. <laughs> which didn't come. So, uh, and there's always, there's only the four season cards. So you always know, like, you know, AB is going to be the first season, yada, yada. Uh, so there is some potential there. They could add some variation in the season cards and you pick one, you know, randomly pick one for each season. That, that would be cool. Uh, but even with some of the limited stuff, because again, how the scoring and everything else works and plus it's all shuffled up and how the shapes are going to come out and all that stuff and playing your map. There's a lot of replayability here just in the box, which is great. Now, for me, how many times in a row? This is where you and I think kind of broke and went separate ways for once because I did enjoy it. I did. I would have easily played another couple times. I am thinking about checking it out, the solo thing. I'm kind of interested to see if what Megan thinks of this, if it's something that might be up her alley as well. So for me, I think I, I can easily see three, four, because I, I, I did enjoy it that little bit. And, and maybe it's because I'm in that headspace right now. I, I am working on a roll and write. So it's I up until recently, I didn't play a bunch of them. But since the idea I had in my head to collaborate with Sheppy was a roll and write, it just told me my everything screamed at me. You are going to make this a roll and write no matter what I did to try to make that not happen. Cause I wasn't really playing rolling rights. So I don't know, maybe it's cause I'm in that headspace. Maybe it's because I played a couple here recently because, uh, I think stronghold or indie, I can't remember which game, uh, stronghold, uh, sent us dizzle, which is their rolling, right? So I've been, I was playing that on vacation and stuff. So I don't know if it's because that's where my headspace is right now, but something about this did appeal to me, even though I suck at drawing. <laughs> I've always said, I mean, and it's not like intricate shapes or anything, right? But it's like the monsters, like, oh, oh crap! Now that's more than I. That's that's more than I. I'll screw up a stick figure if you give me the 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 body and the legs. Um, <laughs> so even with that piece, it still appealed to me, and, and I can easily see three, four times. All right. So the theme for cartographers. What did you think of the theme? I mean, it's a cool idea, and it's in the cards. You definitely have a feel that you are out there exploring, and you're the first person in an area, and you're you're putting it down. You're finding uh, different little equal, not ecosystems, but different little terrain types. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've gone from the village to the forest to the mountain kind of thing. It's, I mean, it does feel like you are are building uh, or drawing the map in a region for the first time. So the, the theme there is pretty solid. I mean, it's, it's, it's a light game, but it's, uh, half of its weight is the theme and it's done well. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, um, this does everything that I would think of in a, in a cartographer's kind of game. It's it sure they took, they took the dice out of the roll and right, but giving, especially when like you get those cards with options, and I also like it's not like, well, I'm the person that flipped the card this time, so I get to select what we're all drawing kind of thing, right? Yep. It's like we each get to do our own maps, do them however we want to, based off of the card. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we have some limitations, but it's not like one person picking for us. The card tells us what we have to do. 
And sometimes we get options and we both get to take our own options. So I, I liked that about it. I liked, again, like you said, Kenny, I mean, we're, you're exploring, you're, you're filling in your map as you go along. And, and you run into some monsters along the You run into some monsters yeah. from time to time. And you get stuck in a corner and you don't know if you've uh, mapped that terrain before. So you just make a little square. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you. It's the, the theme the theme is in the name. And as soon as you open the box and play the game, it, it does exactly what you feel should from the name. So I, I think it was pretty good there. Uh, so fun factor slash overall for cartographers. So this isn't a bad game. I'm not particularly keen on it. No. If you said, hey, on our next couple's night, let's do cartographers. I'm not going to say no. I would no. be interested in seeing a four-player game, I think. Yeah, so do I. Because I think this is one of those games that it doesn't necessarily slow down with more people. I think it would be the same time experience, mm-hmm. whether it's two people or ten people, because it's just, who can see, uh, the only slowdown would be if the person at the end of the table can't see the card. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but it's not a bad game. I I just... I wouldn't refuse to play it again. It just felt more like an more like an exercise than than a game. Yeah, there's just something about it that was like, yeah, I did this. Okay. okay. Yeah. So for me, I see that's maybe where maybe that's part of our, of the disconnect between you and I. Then on, on the path of liking it versus not liking it, because I see that there's just enough in this. Because you, of the choices you're making and you're making those choices because of the points you want to collect, that it takes it just beyond activity to an actual game. If you removed some of that and if it was just flipping the card and everybody draws and, and let me see what you have at the end kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then we'll whatever. I mean, um, and, and then you get points by clustering properly or something like, you know, just, you know, having clumps of things together or whatever, or your biggest group or that, that to me would put it more towards activity for me but seeing again having the different different options for scoring knowing what you're going to score trying to build to that but also later trying to make sure that you keep certain things going so that you get the point so i and and the fact that again on the cards it's not flipping a card and it's and going okay do this it's flipping the card every once in a while it might be okay do this but you there's plenty in there that are like okay make a choice Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact when the monster comes out, okay, make a choice for your opponent. And that's where it takes it over that line for me, where it's not an activity anymore. It's actually, this, it is a game and I enjoy making those choices in the lightish game that it is. So yeah, I, I, on the other hand, would play it, would pull it out. I mean, you said you'd play it, but I mean, I, I would, I would pull it out to play with people. I'm yeah, I, I interested in it. the potential I, it's not of solo a bad game. It's yeah. just not up my alley. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in the potential solo. I don't play a lot of the solo versions of, of various games. This is one I'm interested to maybe check out. And stop begging on me. <laughs> uh but no, I, I I enjoyed this one and I can I guess I do kind of recommend it. I, I get like most I mean if you get a chance to play it obviously before you you buy it or something like that, definitely do that or check out some other opinions. But this is one that Jordan and I are slightly split on, but at the end of the day, I think we can both agree it's a solid game for what they tried to put out. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, you would play it. Um, it's just not going to be your first choice to play, where for me, it might be something that I would pull out and say, hey, let's let's play this because I want to I play it again kind of thing. All right. So there you go. There's our uh, review of Cartographers, one of the few games 
You know, we don't split very often. Not, not on often. a lot of things, but this is one of the, those few games that kind of split us a little bit. So uh, definitely, if you're interested, check it out. Check out what some other people have to say about it as well. Uh, if you get a chance to play it, I would definitely go ahead and, and get those plays in and decide for yourself. But there you go. What we're watching. Let me go? Yeah, go for it. All right. So we once again attempted Carnival Row. We once again stopped watching Carnival Row. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, Megan asked me and I said, sure. So I think one of the last or maybe it was the last time we, we recorded. I can't remember. But, you know, I, I basically said I think she's done as well. But out of, or maybe I asked her, I was like, are we done with this now? Or so we, we, we attempted, I think, one more episode and then we moved, then she moved on. So, yeah, I think we're in the same place because we've not gone back to it at all. <laughs> Neither one of us has brought it up. It's like if, if it comes up and it's like, well, we're behind on a bunch of stuff. What do we want to go to? And that doesn't even come up in the conversation. Yeah. What we are currently watching is uh, whatever the latest season of Blacklist is on Netflix. So that's our current power watch. We've been watching that. So love him. Love uh, him. He's so deliciously smarmy. <laughs> What's her name though? Which one? The the main No, yeah. She did exactly what I said she always does, and she did it in one episode. In in a single episode. The I love him, I hate him, I love him. I just I want to smack her so bad now. See, the this this is a problem that so many small cast shows had have, you know, like Voyager where there's, you can't have external interaction because everything is about this, this core group of people. Mm -hmm. She has to be the audience, you know? And so she is always just being bounced around emotionally, physically, psychologically, just let the woman find out whether or not he's really her dad, you yeah. know, let the woman find out what happened to her mother without just taking her through the ringer mm -hmm. every app. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes she tries to play it off as like, well, I'm, you know, I've learned from the best and mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm playing the role, but she's not half she's the time. Not, she, no. and, and again, it was like one episode. I, I just looked at Megan. I was like, this is why, this is what is going to make me not watch this show anymore. It's like, I love everything about him, but this, oh, and, um, when she tries to go hard, like, mm -hmm like him it's like no you're not reddington you're mm -hmm. not you, you that is not your background you can't go hard like that just because you find out this hard man is your dad you got to work into that yep. the other the other thing so so that that's my big pet peeve but this is the season of courtroom so that's megan's big pet peeve i think her head about exploded three times the other night <laughs> she's mm -hmm. like no that's not how any of this works <laughs> So, um, you don't get to call the judge corrupt and then say you can prove it if you just give me 10 minutes. <laughs> but we are, despite those things, we're enjoying the show as always. And then I finished the last season of iZombie. Hmm. I was good with it until the end. They did one of those like 10 years later kind of wrap up episodes. So they were leading up to so much. And then that last episode was like, well, crap, we ran out of time. So let's do all of this real quick and then shoot to 10 years later. Oh, we didn't even get into the last season. Sarah said she kind of wants to watch it, but I was like, no, because the, the second last season just ended so poorly to my <laughs> mind and then set up a whole bunch of stuff that was just like, eh, I'm not interested <laughs> in this anymore. 
Yeah, I, I wanted to finish it out. I for some reason I thought they had like one more. Se- I thought like there was another season be- beyond what Netflix was getting, and clearly not. <laughs> I mean, this is this was clearly the end. Again, it's like oh, ten years later, where's everybody at? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. And then so now that I'm finished with that, I'm back to the other thing that I told Sarah that I was I was flipping between watching because I forgot I had started iZombie or whatever. Uh, glitch. So I'm. Mm. Good portion, I think, through season two, because this was one that, like, I watched the first season way back when, somehow missed that there was a second season, but, you know, then my Netflix was like, there's new. So I was like, oh, second season. It's like, no, third season. Okay, crap. I gotta, I gotta go back. Uh, so I'm watching the second season. There's a few things. I, I don't know if it's because it's been so long since I watched first season, but I'm like, it, it feels like I missed the explanations on a few things, but I'm hanging in there to see how it, how it works out. <laughs> Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm half tempted to go back because I think it's a pretty short first season or whatever, if I remember it. I'm half tempted to go back and watch it again, but I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm in. Let's just keep keep moving. So I'm still in the second season. I'm a little confused about a couple things, but overall, it's an interesting show so far. I'm waiting to see where they kind of get to the, you know, they've gotten a little bit into the, can't even really say that. So they're trying to get into the how these people were brought back to life which is not a spoiler that's the entire premise of the damn show <laughs> that's uh that's all i'm watching right now. so we're not watching uh, carnival road we established <laughs> that we are almost on the second season of black spot it's been really really good consistently good from s1e1 to now the uh lauren the 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 major at the gendarmerie she's just a hot mess and she's she's not the weakest character but for a main, she's really, really messed up. And half the time, it's like you want to cheer her on for like being the true believer in the face of everything that she's gone through. And the other half of the time, it's like, my God, why are you in a position of authority? How did this happen? <laughs> um, really, really liking it. I'm struggling now with Island. After like two weeks ago, I, I just seen the big reveal of what it is. And then I've only watched like one and a half more apps because it's like, but the, this was poorly timed because, <laughs> uh, the next app and a half, two apps that came after that were just like, what have you done? This is just, uh, horrible now. It's, it's <laughs> not a, it's still a good enough hook in me that I want to, I want to finish out the season just, just to see. But it's like, I, I watched like the first four or five hours in like a day. And then it's like been two weeks for the next two. <laughs> so something has changed and not for the better. And I've watched the first season of this fun little anime called How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You're Lifting? It's, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is. It's, uh, it's funny and it's, it's fun and it's even moderately educational. It's, it's a little fan servicey because it's girls that decide they need to go to the gym. It's kind of, Kind of a shitty start because at, at the start, they give like all the main girls your little quick bio and physical statistics. And I was like, that's, she's not, she's complaining about that she's fat now. And I'm like, wait a second. That's only like whatever kilos. And I'm like, that's only, it's only 120 pounds. That's, <laughs> you're, you're not fat. Uh, so a bit of a sketchy start, but it, it, it's funny because every app is essentially they go learn. Uh, a new exercise and here's where it's actually edutainment because it's mostly accurate uh, we're going to teach you to do an incline press we're going to teach you to do 
a neck bridge. We're going to teach you to do, you know, we're going to work this muscle, this, whatever muscle we're going to work this week. We're going to give you like an actually fairly true to life, accurate exercise to do it. They're talking about this last step. They spent 10 minutes in isometrics and that was the most amusing isometrics I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, I don't know where they're going with it. There's this, uh, I mean, there's two like underlying, there's of course the, the pointless rivalry. Uh, the main kind of stumbled into an arm wrestling match, an arm wrestling contest and beat the, the other main who thought she was just going to rock up this <laughs> J- Japanese arm wrestling tournament and become like champion. Bam. And, uh, so there was this, I have to learn your technique, you know, this whole kind of, you know, kind of seventies martial arts stuff. Wow. How was she? Uh, and, but that, that came and went and every now and then there's this moment of, uh, I still have the sinister plan, but there's nothing done with it. And then there's this other thing where they're trying to get together to do this, um, like talent show, like twice in the first season, they've gone on this talent show trying to make a, just trying to have fun and maybe make a name for themselves. So it's, it's silly and it's very light, but it's really enjoyable. The art is really, really good. And then I started today fire force, which, uh, everybody looks like firemen, but well, they technically are. Except they are firemen that are out there to capture, kill, and dispose of fiery demons from the nether region of whatever. I'm only one up in. It's pretty standard. Hey, this is our premise. This is our main. It's got freaky hair and weird teeth. Go. <laughs> I mean, I'll see how that goes. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I'm only one up in. So, yeah, that's really all we've been watching. What we're reading slash listening to. Well, again... Still looking at game design and business and marketing books. As we were talking about upstairs, I'm going to be moving into various coding books here very soon. So my uh, free time reading is all about business right now on one end or the other. I finished Little Heaven, which we talked about uh, last time, and uh, it was weak. I had voiced a concern that it seemed to be running out of space to do something, and they did. And the resolution was not at all true to character. There was, to my mind anyways, the the resolution should have involved much more character growth. Mm -hmm. Instead, we're just to take one or two events as a given that this is what caused the character growth. And this is why the end makes sense. Uh, I'd not see it that way. And right now I'm reading Pharaoh Key which is a Gideon Cruz novel written by Lincoln Child and Douglas Preston. They have two or three characters, maybe more. Uh, Sarah's into their their core character. He's like a FBI. You know, remember the movie The Relic, the monster that shows up at the Met Gala or mm-hmm. something like that in New York? They wrote that. And that the character, the FBI agent in there, he's got like this whole series of books, 10, 20 books. I don't know how many books they've written. So that that's that character. And this is like another character. He he only has like four books, but I find him much more palatable. And it's it's an interesting timeline for him because he's in four books. And at the start of the first book, it's not spoiler because it's the premise of the book. He's got a lesion or something in his brain and he's going to die within the year. Mm-hmm. So these four books all take place in a <laughs> 12 month period. I'm coming into the fourth book here. Where it starts off and the doctor is confirmed I only have two months left to live. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it's it's uh, kind of a fast timeline considering everything that goes on, but it's it's good. It's it's kind of standard murder mystery with a touch of well, not supernatural, but uh, extra normal. Yeah, good stuff. Check it out. What we're playing? Uh, let's see. What am I playing? Um, Sea of Thieves. And Megan and I got a couple more uh, chances to play Sea of Thieves. Probably going to be it for a little bit, unless I play solo, since she's getting ready to leave for another trip here. We are still enjoying that. We got our asses handed to us by what had to have been like a dad and just some little kid. (laughs) So we were getting rocked (laughs) pretty bad. So again, ship to ship. If we just fight cannons, cannons to cannons, we're good to go. <laughs> you step foot on our ship, we're done. We suck at, at close combat. So we were constantly getting killed and hearing, bye, <laughs> over and over. <laughs> and they like, they like half sank us, half like bailed and repaired and like took like all this, like Megan and I supply a ship like nobody's business. Like they took everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at one point Megan uh Megan was on her own and we had a rowboat and like they took it and took all of what little bit we had because we were doing something else. Like any any treasure we had was just like side crap we found. So they but they loaded up the rowboat at one point, rowed it over to their ship. So Megan got back over on their ship, got the rowboat and was like rolling it as we were sinking. So she's like rowing out into sea with the treasure. And they couldn't find her at first. Like, I'm dead, so I'm on the ferry. And so she's telling me what's going on. You know, I can see the TV because we're in the same room and everything. But she's kind of telling me what's going on. <laughs> so I'm like just waiting on the ferry. And she's like, oh, they don't. She's like laughing. They haven't found me yet. And she's rowing. She's like, oh, 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 shit. They found me. They're coming for me. I'm like, and of course, our ship sank. So I come out of the ferry on some island, like halfway across the map. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get there anytime soon. <laughs> But we still enjoy it. And we got some of the stuff done that we were actually trying to do. Like I said, the treasure that was on our ship, we didn't care about fighting. We were just, these guys were kind of around. We were fighting, whatever. It it was partially our own fault, too, because I heard swimming. And so we ran up and I started watching the ladders for somebody. And nobody ever came up. And we didn't see anybody. I'm still trying to figure out how they hit it. So we gave up on it. And suddenly there's somebody on our ship. Like we could have kept them off the ship, but we didn't. That was our fault. Worst time. Pretty much. I mean, again, cannon to cannon. <laughs> I'll rock you. Megan and I are a pretty good team when it comes to that. Okay, so that's the video game side of things. Uh, we played just one, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty fun little party game. Reef played Reef. Uh, you had played it before. This was the first time for, I don't know, did Sarah play it with you? No. Okay. So that, was, that was an Adepticon game. Okay, that's right. So this was the first time for the three of us. So it was, it was a cool little game too. A Hamsterdam. Megan and I played recently. Uh, we just shot a video for that a few nights ago because that's going to be a Kickstarter game. And then, like I said, up at the top, I just got back from Protospiel Mini. So played a bunch of prototypes, which is pretty cool. Got to give some people some feedback. Got some great feedback on that uh, Push Your Luck uh, Dice uh, dungeon crawler one that I showed you a while back. I added some extra monsters to it and I added a bunch of characters that you can play now. So I got to test all of that. Cool. That was pretty cool. cool. Matthew Wyatt and I got to welcome a nervous new designer. So that was cool. He uh, didn't know what to expect, and and he, he had a rough start, we'll say. Some of the advice that we gave him was how to explain and pitch his game. 
but he has a pretty solid game, which was also nice to see because I went in thinking it was not going to be based off of you know him pitching and stuff. But uh, we were able to welcome in, him into the community and let him know what he can uh, expect from protospiel type events. So hopefully we'll be seeing more of him. Told him I'm really looking forward to the next time after he gets some more play tests in, whatever the next iteration is, which is kind of, I mean, it was uh, it was like a history period piece war game kind of thing, which is not my thing at all. Mm-hmm. But it was a good, it was a good game, pretty solid game. So that was a lot of fun. That's uh, what I've been doing. On the electronic side, I have been, I'm not going to try to 100% them, but I was feeling the urge to play an RPG and nothing new was really grabbing me, except for Mutant Year Zero, but it keeps crashing out. I haven't tried <laughs> patching it in a couple months. Maybe they have that problem solved, and maybe I'll go back to that. But instead, I fired up uh, Fallout 4 and Skyrim. Mm. I've just been putzing around in those. On the tabletop side, all the stuff you mentioned. And then I got in a really solid game of Star Wars Legion with my friend, Jack. It was a game that seemed much, much closer than it was until the end. Uh, around turn three, I started to kind of math it out. I thought maybe I was in a bad spot, and it turned out I was. <laughs> I thought I thought I swung the game by killing his Luke Skywalker, because that was the way he had him tooled up. That was going to be like a 200-point swing. But it wasn't. I, I lost horribly. There was like a 400-point deficit between us. And I was like, at the end of the sixth round, I was like, okay, let's do the math. I wonder if I came back. No, no. I, I Not only did I not come back, I was nowhere near as close as I thought I was. <laughs> nice. One of the other prototypes I got to play was uh, Matthew Wyatt's run set match, one mm-hmm. of the, the next game that they're going to come out with after Knock Knock. So cool. that was cool. I got to play that a few times. Uh, so that was pretty cool too. All right. So our 10 by 10, we do have a little bit of an update for it. So we still haven't played Doomtown. Edge of Darkness is still at two. Space Base is still at one. We still haven't gotten in Clank or Apocrypha. We got in a game of Wingspan though. And so now we're moving into the ones that we're playing with our significant others. Pandemic Legacy is still at two. Takanoko we haven't gotten. Villainous is at still at one. And Escape we got in two times, which was the zombie version, which was new to all of us. We'll call it two and a half. <laughs> I don't know about two and a half. <laughs> it was two. So yeah, so we got uh, three more plays in for our 10 by 10. And this time those plays were with Sarah and, and Megan. Uh, so we focused on the, the games that involved all four of us. We probably could have got in another one, but we kind of broke off. And I'm like, so we played Reef and just one and then and, and some stuff. So we kind of mixed in some games that weren't on our 10 by 10 that people just wanted to kind of play as well. Uh, but we are making progress. Nine percent. Nine percent. And hey, nine percent in one month. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we're recording this in October, but we played it's it's just 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 October. Yeah, so that's not too bad. Now October is going to suck. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we're not getting together. I mean, you and I uh, might get together once or twice, but I mean, you're you guys are leaving here. Yep. Like I said, Megan's leaving soon, so it won't. We definitely won't do a couples. Uh, game night in October, probably. No, in fact, we're not. We're not. We're, yeah. yeah, we already scheduled it out for November. November. So could end up being a good month for Clank. Could be. Or yeah, Apocrypha. I was say, yeah, uh, I meant to pull the rules. I'll have to do that tonight. Pull the Apocrypha rules and uh, and pull my Doomtown rules again as well. 
The nice thing, though, is we do have a sweet setup upstairs where all of the 10 by 10 games are easily accessible yes. for us to play in the in the area that we usually play games. <laughs> all right. So there you go. You have anything you would like to add before we take off? No, I'm good. All right. So there you go, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. I'm a Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast from La Belle Province, discussing all aspects of the miniature wargaming hobby. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.